welcome to episode six of Oral Phonic, a podcast about podfic. Today's topic is a showcase of Amplificathon. And I am one of your hosts, Jenna Pod, also known as Jen. And I have with me... And I am Pedica, also known as Lindsay. This month, we also have a special guest, Calicaria, who will be joining us a bit later. So first of all, a quick bit of news... So Marvel Big Bang is allowing podfickers to participate in a special solo round this year. Signups close May 16th, which is the day after this is posted. So if you are interested, make sure to sign up right away. And PT Lightning, which is the quickfire version of Pod Together and runs over a month, is currently looking for new mods. The the two mods, Florishard and Somnolent Blue, are stepping down after round seven, which is the current round, and they're looking for anyone who wants to be on a new mod team. So if that's something that you feel like you could contribute to or be a part of, um, head on over to their Dream With, which we will link, and sign yourself up. And on a sad note, I just wanted to announce that Podfic, the Twitter account, closed earlier this month. Um, if you'd like more information, there's a post up about it on the Twitter account. So we didn't have any official uh, submissions for talkbacks this month. Evidently, people are less eager than we are to put their voices to talking <laughs> about sexy podfic. But there was a really interesting conversation that ended up happening in the comments of the AO3 post for that episode about asexual podfickers and how they can relate to um, the conversation that we had and, and NC17 podfics in general. So we're going to, we pulled some quotes from that conversation though. It's really interesting and I suggest reading the whole thing. It was started off by a comment by Love the Heaven and she said, one thing maybe missing from this podcast is maybe the idea of what it can be like being an asexual person in fandom. Like for Xandopod, I worry that if it's not hot for me, and I try to still record a fanfic that has a rated M erotic scene in it, that it won't be hot for the listeners, even though it should be hot. It's one thing that makes being asexual in fandom so complicated. I don't mind it not being hot for me, because nothing is hot for me, and I'm used to that. And as part of that quote, uh, she referenced something that Frozandopod had said in Meta a while back, responding to some Podaware podcasts, um, in which KLB had said some things. So I'm going to quote some of the Meta from Frozandopod's Tumblr post. But I worry that there is a level or a tension that is something that I just miss as a result of my ace identity and how I interact with that identity. Does that missing piece mean that my interpretation of a fic will be inferior? And a separate quote, she continued, KLB said at one point, it's hot for you and it's going to be hot for the listener, which I think is an awesome concept. But what if it isn't hot for me because I don't understand the scene in terms of its sexiness? Does this mean my podfic loses a vital piece of hotness? And then in response, we have Tiny Pink Mouse saying, Really, I suppose I'm questioning the idea that something should be hot. I don't owe anyone a specific kind of podfic or fic. I might want to try to make it hot because I like to challenge myself, but I don't have to do it. I can't see how that would make my works inferior somehow. Why wouldn't my interpretation be as valid as any other? 
that was like a really important point from Tiny Pink Mouse and was a lot of what I was thinking as I started reading this uh, conversation because, well, I think finding, being really into a scene, regardless of whether it's a sex scene or a humor scene or whatever, mm-hmm. I think your level of involvement in it is going to add something to it. But I don't think that's required for every scene, certainly not every sex scene. Like, no, in effect, there's going to be a lot of scenes. And there might be one or two scenes that really made it for me. And that was the reason why I decided to ma- pick up the mic and make a pod fic. But just because that scene resonates with me more strongly doesn't mean the other scenes aren't as good. They're just, you know... They're still really good. I think also, and we did talk about this a little bit in the, we talked about it in the way that you make it, but not in the way that you receive it. The idea that um, you might have a level of comfort with how you want to portray a scene. Like you might want to do a lot of sound effects and get really into it, or you might want to have a more just descriptive reading and your comfort level is wherever you choose to be on that line. But I think the same is for, as for listening, like we can say, Oh, if it's hot, then the listener will find it hot. But sometimes the listener doesn't want to find it hot. Sometimes they're just listening to a story and there is sex in that story as part of the story. So there's not a requirement that like podfic get you off or podfic make you, you know, feel arousal, you know. So it can very easily be that you just like that scene is part of the story itself as a whole and you as an actor, as a podficer, as a reader interpret it however you do. And I don't think that listeners all agree on the way they want to listen either any more than we agree on the way that we prefer to read. And I think like in my anecdotal experience so obviously not definitive i think a lot of people or they enjoy the pod fickers who read the closest to how they might have read it in their head yeah it's definitely true for me yeah yeah it's not always the case sometimes i've listened to something like wow that's not how i interpreted it at all and this is better but yeah. like when it comes to general like themes or whatever and especially when it comes to how much i attach myself to a pod ficker um they are really into the kinds of things that I'm into, be it like humor or sex or, you know, just like the level of fluffiness or emotional intensity that they lend their reading that I would have heard that way in my head is important to me. And when I say when it comes to sex, that includes how into it or not into it it is. Because mm-hmm. as I mentioned in the previous Uh, episode about my personal likes not always being the main characters of the fix and as someone who actually does identify on the uh or on the asexual spectrum there's a lot of stuff that like the sex scenes as they're written don't do a ton for me so having someone put a lot of effort into it i'm not going to say is unappreciated but it might be lost on me so you know if it's not what a specific member of your audience was hoping for it's going to be what someone else was hoping for it goes both ways and you're never going to be the perfect thing to every listener yeah and i don't think you need to be and i think i mean you're you're talking about how the kind of things that we as a listener go towards and i think because sometimes podfic for me at least is a comfort zone 
um, I, I think I head towards the kind of the way that I might interpret something in, in the things that I listen to as well, because that's what feels comfortable to me. You know, that's what, what feels nice and cozy and I want to listen to it. And really, I mostly do it because I, I want to, I want to hear a story and I want to hear this, you know, this voice in my ear. And that, that can be across the board, like so many different things. I think um, at the end of that conversation, and it was the comment that I think I finally actually replied to, um, was one by Forzandapod, um, which he said, it just lets me let out a breath and remember that just as I don't owe it to listeners to do distinct character voices or to include music or a hundred other performance choices we make, I don't owe anyone but myself anything in regards to sex scenes. And I think that sums it up so beautifully for me like mm -hmm. how whatever you're doing for podfic you're doing it for your own enjoyment and you are putting something out there for other people to partake of but that's because we're all this community where we're like you know creating things and enjoying things that other people have created and so whatever you want to do whatever level of effort you want to put into it whatever um thing works for you as a performance style or what you're comfortable with or how well you do something it doesn't matter it's it's what you want that's important so you know just if if you feel like you never want to record a sex scene because you don't get them and you don't enjoy them or you are uncomfortable with them fine if you are unsure that you might not record that sex scene well or that you might not understand it but you still really want to do it because it's part of a great story or because you just want to challenge yourself or just because you want to then who cares do it you know and there will be a listener for you i guarantee it like there is for a listener sure for everything we're putting out there there's so many people um in this community and all of those people want different things. So, you know, you will find people who love your stuff and you will find people who just don't get it. And that's okay as well. And you don't owe anything to either no. of those groups. So no, definitely. You, you be do you. you. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is, man. You do you. So that was a really interesting discussion. You should go read the, it in its entirety. Um, it's in the AO3 comments of episode five. Can I say I love how our comments are a little bit like an LJ sometimes? Like, we, cause we, because we're posting a meta thing and not a story, people kind of are like, hey, here's my opinion on this. Here's what I think about that. And, and we've had some good discussions, which is really cool. Like, that's what we want. Yeah. So moving on to the main topic of today's podcast, which is a showcase of Amplificathon. Now, Amplificathon is an annual Podfic challenge. It's been running since 2008, and it's designed to promote the diversity of Podfic across fandoms and pairings, which is to say it's a challenge that is created to encourage people to post things from rarer fandoms, rarer pairings, things that don't have as much of a showing across Podfic currently. And we were lucky enough to have one of the two mods come to speak with us today. So that's the first thing we've got. So here you go. So for this month's episode, we have with us Calakiria, who is one of the mods of Amplificathon this year, along with Jess Miranda. Welcome to the show, Kalakiria, who we were going to call Jess from now on. <laughs> yes, Sounds welcome. Good. Thanks for talking to us. We really appreciate it. Of course. So this is your first year running Amplificathon. Do you want to talk a little about it? Yeah, it is. Let's see, it's my first year. It's been running for... Since 2008. Uh, yeah, so this is the, the eighth year. 
and the previous mods had decided that they sort of had too much on their plates and were uh, a little less attached to the, I think, a little less attached to the Dreamwidth platform. Mm-hmm. And Jesperanda and I jumped in and said, but we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you did. So oh, the previous mods, had they been doing it the entire time? I feel bad. I don't know who. I, I'm pretty sure Aphelant was. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know how long Weirdak was, but they've been doing it for, or they had done it for a couple of years. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's quite a large amount of time for modding because it's such a huge challenge. It's. I mean, this was actually the first thing I think either of us had modded, so... <laughs> <laughs> wow, kudos! <laughs> I know, Not recommended Goodness. for anyone listening. Because there were two of us, it wasn't actually all that bad. Uh, Ginger Lou was kind enough to uh, sort of set us up, and one of the things that she was very clear on was, as long as we sort of kept abreast of the point schemes, mm-hmm. then it wouldn't be too much of a problem. And we did, uh, religiously, <laughs> and that worked out okay. I think it, it probably added up to maybe an hour or two a week, All which right. over the course of six weeks was neither. I don't think either of us had anything too exciting going on. If we had, that probably would have made it Difficult. more interesting. I think a lot of the work for Amplificathon 2 isn't necessarily just on the mods. It's on all the poor audiofic archivists. Oh. Oh, yeah. the archivists are <laughs> heroes. All my love to the archivists who have been, yeah, <laughs> keeping up very impressively. And I'm not sure how they do it. That's one of the things that I'm super impressed, especially with, we'll probably get there in a minute, about the different rule changes that have happened this year. Is mm-hmm. like, First of all, there's it's been a challenge that's always kind of brought a lot of passion to it. And... <laughs> and a lot of um, content along with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's always been a bit of a burden on the archivists to make sure everything got up. But um, two that's been really impressing me is how much longer some of the podfics are. Like my very first podfic was done for the first Amplificathon back in 2008. Mm-hmm. My first two, actually. They were shorter ones. And you do see like a lot of shorter podfics that were created for Amplificathon because there didn't used to be a length um, modifier for the points, although that came before you guys. I think it's possible that part of the, the length thing, too, is that when you're looking at rarer fandoms, you're often looking at shorter stories. Yeah. Yeah. I think the two kind of go hand in hand. See, the definition definition of rare fandoms and rare podfic yeah. fandoms, though, are very different. Because, you know, there are some very big fandoms that have no podfic. So get and the rare stuff that way. Like, it's true. So yeah. many uh-huh. of the anime ones, like Rhea and Opal Song, always, like... Cash in on those points. Yeah. There are two of them, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk a little bit about the rules changes, since we've been alluding to them. Yeah, so one of the things that Jess Brand and I both came in saying, and gingerly as it turned out, sort of met us on the other end and said, well, we something we've been thinking about, so everyone was on board, was that the system as it had been, it was a three-part or three-tier system where, let's see, the top, I think it was the top five. ten, top five or top ten, uh, it went back and forth, maybe. I don't think any year of Amplificathon has had the same rules. 
they've nope. changed it every year. So like it used to be the top three, and then yeah. it's kind of expanded past that. And I think at one point there was like a percent, like it was like the top ten percent or something. But at any rate, there was a top tier of fandoms and pairings and gen that got one point. Anything else in the archive got five points, and if it didn't appear in the archive at all, it got ten points. And that applies to fandom and pairing and no pairings, gen. And Whale came in and said, as a result of that system, we've got a whole gigantic population of fandoms that only have one podfic in them. <laughs> yeah. But because oh. of that one podfic, they're not eligible for the 10 points because everyone right. was going for the big point score. What we ended up doing was changing the goalposts on that one a little bit so that if there were fewer than... What did, what 20, it up? says. Yeah, fewer than 20, you still got the maximum number of points, which the, the intention was that you'd get fandoms that, you know, had maybe more than one podfic to their name. And I think that actually has worked out fairly well. Yeah. One of the examples that I have notes on, before this Amplificathon, there was a single Tin Man podfic. And it was actually made oh, yeah. for a previous year's Amplificathon. And then this year, Dr. Fumbles McStupid totally picked up that torch. And now there are 14 that yeah. made within this year by Dr. Fumbles oh, McStupid, except for that original one from an Amplificathon years gone by. <laughs> and it, yeah, it makes sense to me. Great. It seems like a rule change that makes sense as a growth over time, because in 2008 versus now, the number of podfic in general is much increased, and your thus your definition of what some a small fandom within podfic is has to change along with that. Well, and I mean, the old rule, especially since the rules in general favor crossovers. Yeah. You would end up with a ton of like 10 minute, like multi fandom crossover pod fix that <laughs> that would be the one representation of your fandom. Yeah. So you go to go, you're like, Oh yay, there is a pod fix for this fandom that I really want to listen to. And then of a 10 minute pod fix, it maybe got like 30 seconds of attention overall. And, and that's not really satisfying when you're looking for pod fix. Yeah. They did always have, like, the rules of, like, no podfic was only just at the start of Amplificathon. So, you know, if it was something that was, like, an up-and-coming thing, you might get a couple people that make podfic for it during that Amplificathon. But otherwise, if only one person made it at the time and it gets more popular later, or if it's, like, a TV show that just started airing, Mm-hmm. you lose that incentive to start making it. Like, you know, something like a Jupiter Ascending, which got a yeah, ton of podfics this year. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it did. It probably would have happened in previous rounds of Amplificathon, but we wouldn't have gotten this bump in Tin Man podfix. Yeah, no, definitely. That, we're super happy with that. The one slight drawback that we discovered later is, because there did used to be, or and is, a prize for introducing a new fandom to the archive, Oh, yeah, okay. And it was really easy to find those when they all got 10 points. <laughs> now, <laughs> figuring oh. out if something is new got a little more complicated. <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, Tin Man, there, there are a whole bunch of other other little ones that got a whole bunch more podfix. That was very exciting. Like I said, we're happy with how that came out. It does mean that the, the point schemes ended up, I mean, like you said, they changed every year, so you can't really compare the points years to years like not only did we get a lot of volume this year there were also a lot of long ones like 
There's that mm-hmm. big multi-voice one that's like 19 hours that was posted right that's at the start the of it. <laughs> and then you've got like, I don't know how Tiny Pink Mouse does it or Opal Song. Like those, they are so yeah. fast. Tiny Pink Mouse said that they've now posted uh, they doubled. as much, uh, yeah, as much podfic during this Amplificathon as they had before. And they had a wow. lot of podfic before. Yeah. Dr. Fumbles McStupid almost did that. I don't think she quite went over. That is impressive. I'm in awe. I've only missed one year of participating in Amplificathon, and I still am sad that I missed that year. That's how I feel about Awesome Ladies. I was really sad that I couldn't do it this year. I'm very emotionally attached to it. You just kind of get those challenges and you get attached. Like, I think there's a lot of people who feel that way about Amplificathon because a lot of us are never going to be able to touch the, like, tiny pink mouse and, like... Yeah, the high... The the really high point getters. And so we're participating more out of, like, a sense of community or a sense of nostalgia or... Yeah. And, and, you know, the actual mission of it of, like, let's get more podfic out there. Like, Like I said, I've been floored by the amount of podfic that came out this year. Yeah, do we know how many total... Have you guys gotten Uh, that far in the stats, or are you still working on that? So, the rough number, because it's slightly slightly hard to figure this out, but about 650 podfix were posted. Wow. Possibly a few more. It's a little hard to tell with all the the, uh, collaborations. About 650, which comes to... Well, the the average podfic length is an hour and a half, um, which in and of itself is impressive. Yes, it is. Yeah, because I would have said years gone by, it would have been closer to like 15 minutes. (laughs) Right? No, hour and a half. It adds up to, did a total of uh, 370 hours of podfic. That's a lot. Yes, it is. Dear God. I was really excited when we hit 100. Yeah. (laughs) Little did we know. So were there any particular challenges to modding something like this? Definitely keeping up every week and putting up the weekly uh, score sheets was... Sounds very simple. Um, It it was a certain amount of work. It also turned into for a challenge that ultimately there is no prize for. I mean, I'll I'll make people graphics, but... You know, the, the main satisfaction is in the fact that you produce podfic. Uh, people got very invested in the number of points that they had. And, you know, if there were a few times when we were uh, legitimately off and people with a very good reason called us on it, but everyone was just very, in a good way, but very intent. Everything like pride was and bragging rights. Oh, definitely bragging rights. I know for me, I knowing that I will never be the person on the top, it's always been like, where in the muddle do I place? Like, that's generally where my goal is for the year, where I'll be like, okay, I want to be top 20 this year. Oh, can I do top 10? And I know there are a bunch of people who are talking about, you know, their main competition was the person won, you know, one place above them. They weren't going to worry about making a top, top standing or top three, but, you know, by God, they were going to be in the top five. <laughs> I felt really bad because for most of Amplificathon, I was riding the high of that multi-voice uh-huh. project, the like 20-hour yep. Avengers one. And so there's like a bunch of us all like stuck at like 13th place or something uh-huh. like that. And so I wanted to break out of that. And I did. But all I did was move that group <laughs> down instead of move myself up. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and I know there, there are a few other people who said, you know, I don't want that to be the only thing that I post. Uh, for anyone who's curious, this was When the Lights Go On Again. And it's a 616. It's not movie verse. It's yeah. comics verse of Avengers. And it's sprawling and huge and amazing and has a lot. Been over a year in the making. And yes. So much kudos to Dr. Fumbles McStupid for putting that together. And I was the one that whispered in her ears going, you know, oh, really? we'd get a lot of amplification points. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that that was the main. <laughs> and then, Lav- then poor Lavender Frost is like, shit, I need to get it done now. Then. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, because I was actually part of that one. And I was part of the other large multi-voice Podvik, which was uh, the classified Great British Bake Off. Purely on those two, I was like in the 1200s and it uh, felt kind of bad. I mean, I wasn't watching my own points. How many were? Yeah. So those were amazing projects. You know, were very exciting. And I think that one definitely was the longest. Uh, the Avengers one was the longest Podvik posted. It's really cool, too, despite us talking about, like, how cutthroat people can be about this, that there were so many multi-voice projects that were posted as part of it. I guess it's kind of like half the work, all the points. But (laughs) (laughs) So people were, like, wising up to that. But you'd think some of our competitive nature would have held that back. But I don't think that's happened very much in years gone by. Yeah, um, although I think, I don't know, you guys would actually know better than I, but it feels like Podfic fandom as a whole has moved, has moved a little more towards the collaborative model than... I think definitely. Yeah. I mean, we did that, you know, our first one where we did it on multi-voice, and so potentially I'm noticing it more because we talked about it, but I, I do think part of it is the joy of fandom, like part of it is meeting up and talking, and, and if you're a podficker, if you meet up or if you make friends or if you're Skyping or whatever, you're like, oh, we could record together. And then also the more people who know each other and things like that, they start to do these group projects. So I, I do think there's been an increase in that particular over the last couple of years where people get really excited to, you know, create something as a group. Well, one, we're a lot more familiar with the technology and mm-hmm. how to do it. And there's a lot of pod figures actually meeting up in person, which is bringing that about too. But I think people have also come to realize like it's a really cool way of getting some of those bigger projects done without killing your own voice. Mm-hmm. We have now strayed rather far from Amplificathon. <laughs> yeah. I did have one yeah. question about the points change. Is that there's no longer points for new pod figures this year. What brought that change on? That was actually on, I think it was Gingerly's advice. The issue with the new pod figure thing was that usually people coming in didn't know the Amplificathon was happening. So there's people coming in and just posting podfic and then suddenly there'd be this challenge and these points and (laughs) confused comments saying do you want to participate you can get a prize and i know i think that was actually how i came into podfic was i post my first podfic during amplificathon (laughs) was like i don't understand what this point system is do i really have to do it is it necessary and everyone (laughs) was like no but you get graphics so um and it was also just hard and annoying on the the point keepers and it just didn't seem all that necessary. So yeah, yeah, we got rid of that one. Well, I can um, see how if a person is, like, if they're not aware that they're posting for Epithicathon, they're not going to tag it like, I'm a new podficker. And mm-hmm. you can't memorize every single podficker's name that exists in the world. So you might then miss that they were a new podficker because they kind of joined the flow. 
I guess I was a little sad to see it gone just because that was a big part of the motivation that got me to post my first podfic. Oh, really? That not only, like, I had been a podfic listener for a few years before I posted my first podfic. And um, knowing that I could actually get points for it and get points for being a first-time podficker was uh-huh. the what made me sit down and actually do it. Huh. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because we did actually get some first-time podfickers posting. When we were going through points, you could also tell if they were new because they didn't have a reader tag. Um, oh, yeah. When okay. we were going through. So I actually made several reader tags as a result of that. Uh, with that feedback, we could maybe put it back in. I mean, I could see why, like, especially these days, it would be less because fandom is moving off journals, even though Podfic fandom still has a fairly strong presence there. But if you're a Podfic listener who's c- contemplating making that jump, it might make a difference. It might not. But that I, it, it just made me a little sad to see that as uh. someone that that's a big part of my Podfic history. I don't know. That particular one could go back in. I mean, I could also see it being a little bit harder to enforce now than it was in years gone by, because there are a lot of people that only post their podfic to, like, Tumblr, or Tumblr, only post yeah. it to AO3. Yeah. So even saying, like, oh, they don't have a tag a in tag. it isn't necessarily indicative, because they could have uh-huh. had, like, 20 podfics on AO3 that just never made it to the audiofic archive. And because... I know the archive is trying to get more AO3-only podfics into the archive. So, yeah, with all the different, I don't want to say the different mediums, but all the different uh, sites, I don't know, maybe that's something that changes. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's yeah. something we keep track of. You know, you don't get points for it, but yeah. you get a graphic and a shout-out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, I'm not saying it's it, nice. it. I'm not yeah. saying you should change it back. I was just, you know, my feelings on it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming in and being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for running it this year. You and Jess Miranda did a great job so far. I, it was a really enjoyable round. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad it went well. We didn't have any overly terrifying issues pop up, which is always good. Okay, so now we would like to do some recs from this year's Amplificathon. And we've tried to highlight some of the ones that fell into the rare fandom section, which um, is pretty easy to do because there are a whole lot of interesting new podfics out there. When I started looking, um, I suppose almost 600 podfics gives you a lot of choice. Yeah. Um, so I, the first two I have are two interesting uh, Femflash, well, they're not exactly Femflash. Both of them are more on the friendship gen side, um, and they're both crossovers. The first one is called I've Made Myself When I Was Young. It's read by Rena Jenkins and written by PPR Faith, and it is a Narnia Agent Carter crossover um, with uh, Susan Pevensey and um, Peggy Carter, and it's basically a friendship fic of them <laughs> The story is Susan joined up with S.H.I.E.L.D. Af- after the war, and it's just kind of, so it, it's it's post-Captain America, post all that, like basically during the Agent Carter timeline. And it's just the friendship between these two women amongst the men. So take the story of Agent Carter, but as if she had a secondary female agent. And it's, it's a really cool 
friendship relationship that's happening. And it's it's got this really weird dynamic um, that I think Rena does really well because Susan, with her really interesting background of having been, you know, grown to adulthood till old age, practically in Narnia, and obviously having that entire lifetime of of knowledge and background, and then meeting Peggy and Peggy not knowing this. And so Peggy expects to be the mentor, but in some ways, Susan mentors her right back because she actually does have this this long history and knowledge with war as well. Um, and just the mood that Rena creates is beautiful. It's it's a really thoughtful piece, and they're both so tough and interesting. And I like like this podfic made me cry, <laughs> like at the end when they're both like growing older, and then Steve is there for a tiny little bit because he's you know that's when he's come back out of the ice, and and it's just like the two women saying goodbye to each other. Oh, it's 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 really beautiful. You should listen to it. Um, and then there's a really great scene, like towards the beginning when they're both when they're like drunk and confiding in each other. That is is really excellent as well. Um, and the second one has a totally different mood um, and it is also read by Rena Jenkins, but in um, it's a multi voice with R.S. Crichton. Um, and the title is Subject, by the way, how often do you speak to Joe Biden? And it's a Parks and Recreation and Legally Blonde crossover which is just made up of correspondence between Leslie and Elle. Um, and it, it is adorable. <laughs> like it is, it is just the cutest. Um, I haven't, for both of these, I hadn't read the original fic and this one, um, I think it works. It probably works so much better as a pod fic because you get the two different voices. It's great as a multi-voice. And um these two women who I never would have thought to put together are so great because they both like love what they do. Right. You never and, would have thought to put them together, but as soon as someone says it, you're like, yes, yeah, perfect. Exactly. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, this podfic is just like joy from start to finish because like the two of them are so enthusiastic and Rena and Rose, like they both bring that joy to their speaking, particularly like Rose's L's voice is beautiful. Like it's so good. Um, and they just like both of them, like they just kind of embody the characters and there's just this great back and forth between these two awesome women. And you just come out of it at the end being like, yeah, they're so kick-ass. Yeah. Taking over Washington. Yeah. You know, like it made me very enthusiastic. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's a great pod fic. So, yeah. What do you have? <laughs> Keeping on the, like, Rena Jenkins <laughs> wreck. <laughs> this is what happens when you're as prolific as she is. That's true. Um, I actually wanted to wreck her. She posted, like, in the last week to sweep in a ton of points. She posted three anthologies called Once a Week for a Year, Twice a Week for a Year, and Three Times a Week for a Year. So those are three different anthologies, and each of them have 52 different podfics in it. And it was really fun. Like, I, I, I admit I haven't listened to every single one in the anthologies, but I cherry-picked a bunch of them to listen to, and they were really fun. And it, it had a little bit of the feel of, like, awesome ladies. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously not just ladies in that one, there, although there were some awesome ladies still in it. Um but just that like lovely anthology feel of jumping from fandom to fandom and just most of them were like much shorter stories. It just had that nice feel to it. And um, I have 
and like a ton of different fandoms in it. Um, everything from like really popular ones like Avengers and Captain America and and um, to like obscure ones like anthropomorphic s'mores. And the two stories that I pulled to highlight uh, to talk about are both Disney ones. The first one is a Milan story um, called If, written by Imaginary Golux. So it was Mulan Shang, and it was... I really liked that the story was playing with gender in it. It's, it's a PWP pegging scene, but <laughs> much like the how the movie plays with gender a lot, like they kind of address some of that, mm-hmm. and it was all, throughout the entire time, Mulan's like, if I was really a guy... And if I, like, if I were a man, I would do this. And then she does it anyway. So, it, like, I kind of enjoyed that, like, look at gender um, and, you know, some pegging. Lots of sure. fun. Sure. <laughs> so another one from this anthology is um, Expertise, written by Lalitha. And it is a brave uh, podfic. And it was a really nice story of um, Merida after the events of the movie, where uh, she kind of becomes known around the lands as being the person to go to to deal with magical things. Mm -hmm. And, like, she just doesn't, like, she's kind of confused by this, like, because she just steps in and makes it happen. Um so we get to see her as slightly more responsible than we certainly at the start of that movie where she, uh, cause she grew a lot throughout the movie, but we get to see her, but she's still her throughout it where she's still her, the headstrong girl that she always is, mm-hmm. but she's like now stepping up and taking care of these things. Cause who else is going to do it? And, um, it's just really nice story. And like, you know, some of the dialogue was really fun, and and Rena did a great job reading them. So I highly suggest you check out those multi-fandom podfic anthologies by her. Let's have two more from me. Um, I, I no longer have a theme, but the next one is All Public Duties, which is a Vercosigan fic. It was written by Karanguni, and it's read by Rhea314. Um, and this, I don't, I don't really listen or read very much for Cossigan, uh fandom related things. I love the books. I mean, I guess I just don't need to see or hear anything else for those pairings that isn't in canon. But I really loved this. This is um, focusing on Arl and um, Ilium, and it's set during the time. Um, in between he and Cordelia meeting and the Escobar invasion, and then when she actually comes to Barrier. And so there, there's a lost period of time there in the books where we are with Cordelia as as the reader. And all we know is that when she comes to him, he's kind of like seeped into alcoholism and isn't, you know, is kind of lost without her. Um, and this was a really cool like moment between him and Ilium where where there there's just this great understanding between the two of them. And there's actually an ending where, where the other man is offering this level of comfort because, because Arl doesn't have 
any choices that work within his life at that moment. Like Cordelia isn't a possibility or is, or at least he thinks so. And then everything else that's on barrier doesn't work for him. And the tone of this story is so beautiful. Again, I haven't read it. I only heard the podfic and I just, I was just sucked right in. Like, it's just, um, she just, I, I like Rhea 314 a lot anyway. Like she just always has this lovely, even like storytelling tone that works really nicely for me. And and I think that she's she's great at this kind of podfic where where you just it's this quiet tale between these two men and and at this moment of weakness where where um both of them are such strong characters and she does it Errol's voice really well like she does this kind of deep voice for him which some wouldn't always work for me but in this in this one it really like I think she gets him so well like he's just feels very grounded to me um and I just I really liked it I think it's a it's a great reading of of a really excellent story um and very very like quietly emotional um and completely different from that here is um a a series of Carmen Sandiego, Captain America, uh, small podfix. There's it's three different podfix. They're only about five minutes each. And it's the Flim Flam Every Nation series written by the Lady Scribe and read by Black Glass. Um, and I just, the best thing about these are, I mean, they're, it's very short, but it's just like the sheer personality of Carmen Sandiego in in this podfic. Like I have never listened or read or even seen anything fandom wise for Carmen Sandiego. And I don't even know why I picked upon this one other than that. I have a nostalgia. Like, I mean, I'm sure many of us do for this character. Um, and I, but I wouldn't have been able to tell you, Oh, Carmen Sandiego is like this as a personality. But now I, now I have like a phantom personality for her based on how black glass read her in these fic. Like she has this like kind of, slightly sarcastic very sly very like smart and a little bit naughty and just like like she just is she's great in this um and also scattered throughout all three of them is the music which is the carmen san diego song which i don't i I don't know who sings that song but it's just really funny and it um it fits the mood of them really really hella how could you not know who sings sings it? it at the acapella at the end of every episode they'd be like hit it acapella they were because they were an acapella group I've, called acapella. I've never seen the Carmen San Diego show. I've only played the game. Oh. Like we didn't. I don't think we had it in the UK. It was a game show. No, I don't think we had it in the UK. Yeah. I had the two G okay. on my on my Apple two GS. I had the Carmen San Diego game, and I was obsessed with it. But I have never seen the show, so I didn't even. I knew it more from the show. Yeah, than I didn't from even know that game. music belonged to the actual show. I thought, for all I knew, it was a parody song that was made later. But it's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I totally interrupted you. No, I think that's cool. There. I think actually that works. And I think you had a black glass one as well. Yeah, I just keep following up whoever Copy you read. Cats. I'll read something else by them. We ordered this badly for me. <laughs> yes, I have a black glass podfic to wreck as well. It's how Mulan joins S.H.I.E.L.D. or Disney princesses will fuck you up. <laughs> and it's written by Sneaky Hufflepuff. And it's just this, uh, it's super enjoyable. Um, clearly, I enjoy Disney things as rare. And Mulan. Um, uh, yeah, because I did Mulan and Brave before and now. This is all the Disney princesses. It's got, like, Mulan and Ariel and 
uh, Cinderella and Snow White and Jasmine, like they're all in there. And they work for a company called Crown, which is <laughs> kind of synonymous to S.H.I.E.L.D. And nice. they're trying to take out, they're on mission taking out the um, bad guys in, who have, which are their own bad guys. And they're set up uh, running their own uh, like they've got their own intrigues going on when something similar to what happens in Captain America happens and crown is invaded. And it is an actual crossover. Cause they talk about like, well now let's go work for shield maybe. So, but it's, it's quite fun. And I enjoyed like the ways little bits of it were worked into it. So like Cinderella enjoys going undercover as a janitor type thing. And just a lot of really cute stuff like that. It's it's a fun story. And yes, Disney princesses will fuck you up in it. <laughs> and Black Lass is just she's such a I her she's such a bubbly reader to me where she just always sounds like happy when she's reading. Yeah. And even though like like it can be very it has like a serious tone to it, but kind of a, a little bit of a ridiculous premise underneath it that it just works really well. Like she's got a really um, cute voice to be reading something like this, that when she gets serious and it, it, it just kind of lends that little bit of, of humor to it, even when she's being serious reading. Mm-hmm. So I recommend that one. Okay, my last two are, the first one is a codename Verity Podvik. The title is Here is the River and Here is the Box. It is read by Night Tracer and written by Care. So Codename Verity is a YA novel that was written about, um, it's set during the Second World War and it's spy novel, kind of. It follows these young girls who were working in the war and, it's complicated. You should definitely read it if you haven't, because it's really good. Um, but this fic is an alternate universe um, pairing with the two main girls, which is Maddie and Julie. And it's a Soulmark fic, which I've been reading several of lately and hadn't listened to any pod fic of. So I saw this on Amplificathon and I was like, yes. Plus, it's read by Night Tracer, who I very much enjoy. Um, and it's it's a really interesting story. It's I feel like I, I can't say a lot. If you haven't read the book, I don't want to spoil you. And the the fic does, it is alternate universe, but it has some things in common. So it's a bit hard. But um, it's, it's just these two women and their relationship. And in the book, you don't really see them together. So you, you, you don't get what they were able to do in this fic and in this pod fic, which is just show them as their friendship, you know, together in one place and just how close they are and how well they understand each other. And it's a kind of, as they grow their relationship and they're both thinking the same things, but they don't realize they are. And they kind of come to this understanding. And then there's the combination with the soul marks and everything as well, which, which I think they just don't even consider that it could be a possibility that their soul marks match. And some of that is the time period and things like that as well. Um, But night tracer, she she's very good with um emotional things with um this this kind of story where where you have this like slow realization she just she does these two women as they like are each feeling for each other but are kind of not saying things they're just having it happen and she does that really well um it's a it's a great story i'd recommend both 
the podfic and the book that it is based on if you haven't read it. Um, and my last one, again, something I've never, I've read a little bit of fic, but never listened to a podfic for, which is Singing in the Rain. Um, this is a story called To the Stars. The author is Beatrice Otter, and it is read by Hannah Nubira. Um, it's a Lena OMC, although really it's it's more of a Lena Jen, and she's got a little bit of a romance towards the end. Um, now, I have complicated feelings about Singing in the Rain, which like anybody who's ever watched it with me probably knows. But it's just because it was my favorite. It is like my favorite musical of all time. When I was a kid, I adored it. I've seen it a million times. But like watching it as an adult, there are some issues with some of the things that happen in it. Like some people do not behave as well as you want them to behave, even though they are the heroes of the story. And I think this story, which follows Lena after the after the events of the movie is very much in that vein where they're trying that, where they're showing that some of the problems with what happened to her during the story, although she herself is not perfect. Um, maybe she was treated a little harshly, but um, this is kind of, they call it a mad scientist, Lena AU. And that's not totally true. She's not crazy, but it's, it's her um, moving away from Hollywood, separating herself completely and kind of setting up and then, and, finding this new interest in rockets and engineering and aerospace, which obviously is crazy, but so interesting in, in the story. Um, and the main reason I'm wrecking it is because Hannah Nobira does the most perfect Lena voice I could have imagined. Like if you've seen singing in the rain, you know that that voice is hard. Like it is weird and very difficult to replicate. And I cannot believe how well she does Lena's voice. Like, from the very first, I was like, oh, my gosh, you have got her perfectly. So um, full points to her for for what is a, just a really fabulous rendition of a very difficult voice. Um, and the story is good and entertaining and it's kind of nice to see. I love everyone in that movie, but it's kind of nice to see Lena get a different, um, interesting life of her own as well. So, um, yes, fully recommended. And that's all I've got. Awesome. So I have one more to do, and it is, well, it's kind of two. It's a series. Um, and it is not by someone you've already read. <laughs> it can be original for the last one. Um, after all that talk of how much Podfix she did, it would be a shame not to wreck anything by yeah, Tiny Pink Bones. So I am going to wreck the Homeless Clint series that she recorded. The first one is with a net without a net upon the wire and the second one is and if you should fall and um i'll make sure to link to them because she doesn't actually have them as a series on ao3 so it can be a little hard to find them um these are avengers podfix um technically they're crossover with the hawkeye comics so <laughs> kind of fit under the rare but not really i i blew that yeah. um it's it's a podfic that I spent over nine hours listening to because that is how long it is. Wow. They're, each part is over four, four hours each. Um, and actually over four and a half hours each. And they're quite enjoyable. It starts off, as you might gather from the series title, with Clint being homeless on the street. Uh, and he is homeless on the street outside of Coulson's apartment. 
And Coulson is trying to be very respectful of realizing that he is an older man trying to help out a young, pretty boy um, and not be a creeper about it, but still wanting to help him out. And it's it's a really great story um, that clearly takes its time telling itself. And uh, Tiny Pink Mouse does a really great job of reading it. Um, again, like I, I really like when Podfickers sound happy, mm-hmm. and she, she uh, Tiny Pink Mouse generally sounds happy to me when I'm listening to her read. She just has a, a cheerful voice. So, um, yeah, it's Clint Coulson, um, although they're aware and and are conscientious about the underageness of it, and. Coulson tries his best to hold Clint Clint off until it is no longer underage. (laughs) I don't think he quite manages it, but... um, And it's got, like, a lot of the... Like, it's got Lucky in it, who is actually not... Doesn't get called Lucky until the second um, podfic, because in the comics, he doesn't go by Lucky at first either. Um, But yeah, it's, it's... Especially if you've read Fractions... Hawkeye, it's a quite enjoyable AU off of that that deals with it kind of happening so much sooner. And the tracksuit mafia is there, and all, and we do get to deal... The second one is uh, is Clint joining S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. So, it is lots of fun. I highly recommend it. Oh, and it was written by Tora Kowalski. I don't think I mentioned that earlier. Cool. So... I think that's our episode. Yeah, I think that's all we have for you today. Please join us next month when we're going to be talking about tips for new podfickers. If you're someone who's been interested in starting to podfic, or even if you're someone who's been more established, we're hopefully going to have a few tips about podficking and how to do it more effectively, but more specifically how to get started if you haven't before. If you are an established podficker and you have any tips that you think we should cover, please let us know. Um, you can send us like you would a talk back or whatever, and we will see about including it in the show. And that is it for us for now. Yeah, thanks for joining Bye. us. Bye.